0: all right looks like i got a loud and clear Um, so we'll go ahead and get uh get started i i can see on my phone people that are watching online so it's i'm not sure if i'm talented enough to uh, be present and do this and think about uh, god's word so uh let's go ahead and uh pray obviously we've had some some changes some hiccups we we, uh our worship team wasn't able to navigate uh, the icy roads and so today uh, we're, we're, gonna go uh, uh, we're, we're going to go through God's word. We're going to be reminded of what he's doing uh, in our church family, in our, in our city. We're going to celebrate our very own uh, Richard Sanders and the, the steps he's taken uh, in his future. And so a, it's different. It's cold, uh, but we're excited to uh, be here. So uh, if you're watching online, bow your heads with me and uh, let's, let's pray. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you so much for today. Uh, We thank you for a chance to to gather in a a different time, uh, in different circumstances. Uh, But we absolutely know that we don't need a bunch of people in a room uh, to to be uh, to be in your presence. Uh, That that you're 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 here, Uh, and we thank you for that. And we confess that we have hearts, we have minds that we wander, Uh, we get distracted. Uh, We need to be reminded of who you are and, and who we are in you. Uh, and so we are uh, excited uh, to get together. Pray that you would keep us uh, safe uh, as, as, as we gather. Pray you would keep us safe uh, as we return home. Uh, everybody on the, on the road would be safe and that this would be a time that's, that's honoring to you and glorifying to you. And we thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name, amen well if everybody could kind of scoot in a little bit and make room i'm joking (laughs) we do have people here and so we're so excited to uh, be with you Uh, facebook live uh, we're not able to do youtube live also uh, but hopefully we'll get this out on uh, youtube later on uh, today but my name is michael welcome to north village uh, church we're going to get into first thessalonians so grab a bible start opening there but before we get into scripture we have to take a step back and celebrate Uh, because our our church family, it was just like two weeks ago that we were praying about, hoping, wondering, are we going to secure this new location? And now, today, it's a done deal, and uh, we just got to celebrate. I I would have a picture for you, thank you for the applause, uh, but we don't have a screen today but if you drive past our our location walls are already going up sheet rocks are already going up like the skeleton of our new location is already there and it's really exciting uh to see maybe to, later on uh today we can do a live uh, broadcast from our new location that would be that would be fun do a little tour uh, but before we uh, uh think about that we just have to uh tell you a story we need to remember because in 2008 my wife and i we were sitting at the barton creek mall uh, parking lot, the Holy of Holies, the Barton Creek Mall. And and I'd been thinking about this idea. And in that moment, I just blurted it out. And I said, hey, I think we should start a church. And my loving, gentle wife uh, responded and said, why would we ever do that? Right? Because what, what type of person wants to go start a church? Like, I don't know if you've met many people who are like, I want to start a church but they're they're cult-like people that say things like that. And so my wife was like, why why would we want uh, to do that? But we did. We stepped out in faith. We went to our our church family, to our elders. We submitted ourselves to a process. We were interviewed. We were poked and prodded. They asked us about our finances. They asked us about every intimate detail uh, in our life. They wanted to make sure that we weren't. Uh, cult leaders and then by god's grace uh, a church here in austin called hill country bible church they sent us out to start a new church in austin but the the question is where like where where do we start this new church and at first we were leaning towards south austin leaning towards circle c but then one day i was driving down burnett road passing through the intersection at anderson lane and as if the holy spirit said michael start the church right here and my first thought was, "No, that's a horrible idea." Look around; it's all businesses. This isn't a place where people live. This is a, p- a place where people work. And the Holy Spirit was like, "Take a left, take a right." And I did, and I learned about Crestview, I learned about Allendale, learned about Brentwood, and I just—that's all the neighbor- neighborhoods in this area. And I got hooked. I got hooked on this area. My wife and I—we started talking to every single person we'd ever met about the idea of starting a new church. And we were able to gather 17 whole people that would step out in faith. And, and they all, 17 of us, we only committed one year. I said, well, you just commit one year. Do you remember that, Brownings? Just one year, right? <laughs> you remember <laughs> Jesse Butler, Nathan Holman, just one year. Will you just give one year? And, and we did. We stepped out in faith. And, and the, the whole group of 17 people committed seven, $75,000 total and in north village church was birthed into existence now you didn't know when when we first started the lord made it really clear to me that michael this isn't going to happen fast <laughs> that this is going to be a slow process honestly i didn't think it was going to be this slow uh, <laughs> but, but he made it real clear like hey you're going to put a stake in the ground and you're going to trust me and i'm going to take care of you and for the last 10 years that's that's what he's done. And this step of securing this location is just one step of, of like prayers and knocking on doors and giving money and dog fairs and having people in homes and worship services and locations. And then he's providing. And so it's worthy to celebrate. It's a big deal. But you also need to know the securing of this location isn't our finish line. Um, It's not the answer to all our dreams, right? We don't need this location to fulfill the vision of our church family, right? That this location is just an avenue. It's just a means that propels our vision forward. And so I wanted to remind us of our vision as we celebrate uh, His provision. Uh, And so as a church family, our, our vision is that we are a family, that's why we say church family we are a family who are centered on Jesus centered on Jesus that he's the leader of our lives and, and we're centered on Jesus because we believe is that as we submit our lives to Jesus that he's going to bring power he's going to bring life he, he's gonna, he's gonna propel us to chase after every man woman and child in Greater Austin with the life transforming power of Jesus Christ that's our vision So we're we're committed to being a family. So over these next few months, few years, we're going to be talking a lot about new people. How we open the door for new people. We want this new location to be an avenue for new people. But it isn't just to have a bunch of people. We always want to be a family. We don't want to just be people. We want to be a family. Actually, our vision is never really to become a church larger than probably 200 people. We would love to be about 180, 200 people on a Sunday morning so that we could have the resources then to send out people. That, that, that's actually our, our, our vision, is that some of our families now, some of our people now, in two years, in four years, that we would be sending you out to start a new church in Greater Austin the same way that North Village Church was started so that that we want to be a family right you could be a part of the one of those 17 people one day to see a new church and in addition we're always going to be committed to Jesus I had somebody just a few months ago kind of pull me aside and say hey hey pastor let's make sure that we don't lose sight of Jesus and I just looked him in the eye and I'm just like that's not gonna be a problem Like we are always going to be centered on Jesus like the the winds of our culture are not going to sway us from Jesus that we are going to always herald the glorious name of Jesus because that's where the power comes from that's where the transformation comes from that propels us to chase after every man woman and child so we're excited about the new location but the new location isn't the finish line right the lo- the new location is just a, a means by which we chase after our vision and our series right now is going to tie into that really well we're in first Thessalonians and open your Bible first Thessalonians is about men women and children just like us beaten up by life Don't you feel a little bit like that now kind of beaten up by life but transformed in Jesus navigating this world in chapter 1 the Apostle Paul is primarily encouraging the Thessalonians it's a beautiful chapter if you missed that two weeks ago go back and read it on your own to see the encouragement that the Thessalonians are growing in Jesus so 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 deeply they're shining so brightly that other cities around are talking about what's going on in Thessalonica does that make sense? It'd be like Hutto, Georgetown, Dallas, San Antonio, saying, What is the Lord doing at North Village Church? It's incredibly encouraging. In chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is going to clarify that good things are happening, but God's call on our life, it isn't going to always be easy. Right? There are going to be times that we get discouraged. There's challenges. There's going to be hip, hiccups, there's going to be ice storms, there's going to be pandemics, and when those challenges come, we doubt, we doubt, we get discouraged, and it's possible that maybe some of us are in that place right now. For those of you who are watching online, huddled under your electric blanket, I mean maybe the the, the weight of this last year has just stirred in you some doubt that's what happens right and we hit a few setbacks a few speed bumps and we start to get discouraged and we're maybe we're discouraged in our marriage maybe we're discouraged in our parenting maybe we're discouraged in our career Right? the career's not unfolding like we thought it would our our friendships aren't as deep Right, we get we get discouraged. I get it. Like don't don't just assume because I'm standing up here talking that I these last ten years, like I've had, like I'm standing right now. But like over the last ten years, there's moments where I'm like, Dear Lord, like what's going to happen? Right. And in our passage today, we're going to see how Jesus transforms our doubts, and that brings us to our first subpoint. We're going to hit three subpoints today in our passage. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Our first one is the word endurance. Write that in your notes. The word endurance. You guys with me online still? People tracking with us. Endurance is the ability to exert oneself and remain invested over a long period of time. Exert oneself and remain invested over a long period of time. And in the opening verses of chapter 2, we see a picture of endurance. Look at verses 1 and 2. Chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. For you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our reception among you was not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been treated abusively in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. If anyone knows about hardships, if anyone knows about opposition, struggles, challenges, it was the Apostle Paul. In fact, when you read about the Apostle Paul's life, read through the book of Acts from 13... On you're going to see stories of being flogged, like whipped, mocked, stoned, stoned, beaten, mobs, riots, imprisoned, shipwrecked, venomous snakes, bite. I mean, this guy has tons of opposition. And there's no difference in Thessalonica. I mean. God was doing a great work, but there was opposition that that people were saying that Paul couldn't be trusted. People were saying that he was seeking financial gain, uh, that he was telling people what they wanted to hear. He's tickling those ears. And as a result, Paul encountered a a tremendous amount of opposition. And you have to know there were doubts in those moments of opposition. But notice how he responds in verse 1. The Apostle Paul writes, for you yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our reception among you was not in vain. This verse is going to give us the key to endurance. Right? How do we endure? I mean, look at verse one. Look at the word "know" in verse one, and repeat it again in verse two. That word "know" in the original language is an experiential know, like experiential knowledge of one another that paul silas timothy the thessalonians they had life on life they knew each other they, they ain't just like know a bio like you know about george washington they didn't know historical information this wasn't the apostle paul like sitting in ivory towers talking down to the thessalonians this is like life on life sharing meals being in homes like Having fun, like getting tired, doing work, like they were experiencing life together. And it wasn't just life together, they're were, they were doing life in such a way that it was bearing undeniable fruit. Because look at the end of verse one, the Apostle Paul writes, For you yourselves know, experiential know, brothers and sisters, that our reception among you was not in vain. The word vain means empty the word vain it wasn't meaningless that it wasn't pointless that that paul silas timothy the thessalonians were rubbing shoulders together doing life together and it wasn't declining in godly characteristics but it was an increasing in godly characteristic that it was bearing fruit and this is what motivated the apostle paul to endure Right? the Apostle Paul was seeing the fruit of the gospel in their relationships with one another, and it was motivating him. But I, mean, I gotta tell you, that's what I've experienced in the in the story of North Village Church. Like as as we've had setbacks, as we've had challenges, if we definitely have had discouragements, we've had doubts, we've had moments where I'm like, why? Home Depot, maybe I could work there. You know, it's like there's been so many times where it's been discouraging. But the bearing of fruit. I remember early on, when North Village Church was just an idea in my head and a friend wrote a check for $10,000. It's incredibly encouraging. Believing in the gospel, working in North Village Church, just wrote a check. I remember early on in the life of our church, baptizing, First person coming to faith, going to an apartment complex and baptizing them in a pool in an apartment complex. It was was incredibly encouraging. It's bearing fruit, right? It propels endurance. We we did a dog fair our our first year as a church, a dog fair. That's kind of weird. We had over a thousand people at Brentwood Park. News people. That we didn't invite they're just like what's going on and they come they would ask, why are you doing this and I remember telling them early on like we just want to be a blessing to the community it was encouraging it was encouraging seeing many of the families in our church family kind of go from the perimeter You, you walk in you're like what is this what is this North Village Church you know you come once a month and then slowly as Jesus takes center position in your life you moved into the core of our church family so that today, I mean, you're the, you're, the, you're the fabric. You're what's holding us together. It's incredibly encouraging. Stirs up in us endurance. I'm sure for many of us watching online, like there's so many stories. There's so many times where you've looked me in the eyes and, and, and with tears in your eyes, you're talking about how the Lord has touched you in a personal way through our Church family and I can't express to you like how much that stirs up in me. I keep going. That's the power of the gospel, right? It's the secret, beautiful power of the gospel is that we have no idea what story of transformation might be around the corner. That's why we're gathering here right now in twenty degree weather because we have no idea. What transformation, what life change might be taking place through this worship service? Absolutely, there's discouragement. Absolutely, we, ah, let's quit, let's give up. Man, it's easy to quit and give up, but that's the, the power of the gospel, is that you have no idea what, what, what email might show up in our inbox on Monday. We have no idea what difference a text that we send to people. We think of people, the Holy Spirit puts people on our hearts. We send that text, we have no idea what what might take place we have no idea what what might happen in a community group right where maybe only a few people come that night and we we find ourselves thinking like what's the point we'll just kind of shoot the breeze we have no idea what might happen as we open god's word and and align ourselves with him and his will we have no idea what he might be doing in our marriages or in our parenting like that is the secret beautiful power of the gospel that moves us to endurance. That's our first subpoint. Let's talk about our our second subpoint. Our second subpoint is the gospel. I mean, it's possible that you might hear that word endurance and it might come across to you like white knuckle endurance. Like make it happen, fight it out, doesn't matter, suck it up, work harder, do more, but that's not what we mean by endurance therefore we must clarify the gospel All right look at verses 3 and 4 first Thessalonians chapter 2 for our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel so we speak not intending to please people, but to please God who examines our hearts. In the context of 1 Thessalonians, it would have been common for traveling influencers to make their way through Thessalonica, right? You had the Ignatian Way. I had a map of the Ignatian Way. It runs east-west through the kind of greece through macedonia and area and and it would have been common for travelers to make their way along that path so that thessalonica was fairly diverse Uh, you you had different types of people uh, different types of beliefs some that were worshiping the olympian gods uh, some that were temple prostitutes sex types of worship Uh, you had jewish synagogues you, you had warrior-type heroes that were being esteemed and elevated. You had political heroes in Rome that were esteemed and elevated. So what would happen is these traveling influencers would kind of make their way into Thessalonica and, and take advantage of those different groups and, and use them for what they could. Uh, but So the Apostle Paul clarifies in, in verse 3, For our exhortation, be clear, I'm not like those people. Our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, right? That word error in the original language is the the word plane, P-L-A-N-E, plane. It's where we get the English word planet, and it was thought that planets were like wandering stars out on their own and so the Apostle Paul is saying, look, we're not wandering stars, not wandering influencers, we're not peddling our own agenda, but that our authority comes from where? From God. Man, we have been approved by God. What? Think about that. Approved. Approved by God. Approved is in the past tense. It already happened that they've been examined, they've been tested by God, the Holy of Holies, and found His approval, not just for the Gospel, it is the, it is the proclaiming of the Gospel, but it is in the relationship with God that, that that language is pointing us to the Gospel. I mean, the Gospel makes it clear that we're all sinners the gospel makes it clear that we've all fallen short of his approval right that he's looked upon us and actually said no i do not approve and yet the gospel is that god takes on flesh his name is jesus and he takes all of our disapproval all of our shortcomings all of our sin all of our faults and our flaws in thought word and deed and he crushes it at the cross he conquers it at the cross in the resurrection so that all who believe in Him are clothed in His righteousness. That we're made holy, that we're made clean, that we're given His approval. It's pointing us to the gospel. And that is what moved the Apostle Paul to endure. It wasn't the white knuckle. It wasn't the dig deep, make it happen, don't quit no matter what humanistic it was that the gospel that he'd been approved that he's sitting under the approval of God and it propelled him forward it makes me think of this like these last 12 months as we pursue this building <laughs> there's been so many times like that I have grown fatigued and discouraged through the process And yet, from the very beginning of this building pursuit, it is all about getting approval. I mean, we wanted the approval of the landlord. So here's our finances. Here, what do you think about us? So, you know, do you do you find us trustworthy? And then we went to the city and we're waiting for approval from the city. And just months of waiting for the city to approve of our pursuits. And then it went to a lease and going to lawyers and words and like looking for approval and you you got to know over these last 12 months incredibly faint-hearted you can talk to our elder team there have been plenty of times where i'm like guys we need to cut bait it's not working we need to move on like i was just like we got to figure something else out because why because when you're living in that season of seeking approval where you're hit with discouragement you're hit with insecurities you're hit with doubts right you're hit with fatigue and exhaustion and then the approval comes, right? We get the uh, approval from the city. We get the lease signed. We get keys to the building, right? And now you're just like, okay, let's go. I mean, that's a little bit of what it's like in the gospel. Like, that in the gospel, we're not, we're not in the season of waiting. Like, where do we stand with God? And in Jesus Christ, He looks at you. And when you believe in Him, when you call out the name of Jesus, when you're clothed in His righteousness, you have approval by God. It's eternal. You can't lose it. so the the invitation is like, doubts are going to come. Ice storms are going to come. Challenges are going to come. Discouragements are going to Come. Thoughts of doubts are going to come and I just encourage you if you're in Christ when those doubts start creeping into your ears I encourage you in the name of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit you turn to those doubts and you say no those doubts are dead but those doubts are not open and you turn from those doubts and you cling to the gospel that you are approved in Christ approved in Christ and that you would walk in that every day and that is the gospel it propels us forward to endurance that's our second sub point first one is endurance second one is the gospel the third one is we can't go alone it would be really easy to read about Paul's charge for endurance the power of the gospel And hopefully that stirs in us some excitement, some pep in our step where you just want to kind of run out the door and go. right? But but the passage is so helpful to not overlook the importance of our relationships with one another. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. But we proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In the same way, we had a fond affection for you and were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become very dear to us. This is a great passage. It'd be so easy to think of the Apostle Paul as like a lone ranger, like maverick, tough guy, like Clint Eastwood, like, like, you know, like I could do it, right? He kind of comes across Like that but look at the language in these verses the Apostle Paul refers to their relationship with the Thessalonians as a nursing mother tenderly caring for her children but can you imagine like the next men's retreat 2022 we call it nursing mother tenderly caring like what I mean, look at verse 8 fond affection the apostle paul is to th- with fond affection these are intimate words delighted it's not like ah, i mean it's cool no he's delighted to share that they've become very dear to us i mean this is the language that the apostle paul uses to describe his relationship to the Thessalonians. And I think we need to remember that as we think about our relationships with one another. Especially that word picture of a a nursing mother tenderly caring for her children. That's the type of word image that Paul is using for our relationships with one another. Now, it it might surprise you to know this, but I've never nursed an infant. It's a true story. I've never done that. Um, But we have a woman in our church. Her primary job is to help women nurse their infants. So that tells me that nursing an infant could be difficult. Like there's a business that people are paying other people to help moms nurse their children. So, I, I mean, I'm just guessing that there's times where the infant doesn't latch on as easily as you might expect uh, or that it's painful, right? That it's discomfort, that it's uncomfortable experience. I'm guessing that a, a mom could get discouraged, uh, want to quit nursing, right? I mean, I'm guessing that I'm guessing there's, there's, some, there's some real challenges to it. And this is the word picture, that the Apostle Paul uses to describe his relationship to the Thessalonians. That's a good relationship. It's not the Corinthians. I mean, the Corinthians he's rebuking left and right. The Thessalonians he's actually encouraged by, and yet he still describes it as a nursing mother. You know, that, that, that's a good reminder for us to remember that our relationships are gonna be difficult sometimes it's going to be messy it's going to be one step forward two step back that it's not mechanical right that it's not when we say we are a family we're not talking about two men standing next to each other talking about sports all the time or two women standing next to each other talking about the weather all the time we're talking about men and women Getting in the messiness of life together, locking arms together, shoulder to shoulder, confessing our doubts, our discouragements, our challenges, our setbacks, our frustrations, and reminding one another of the gospel, reminding one another of the secret, beautiful power. The gospel is so transformative. We have no idea what might be around the corner. So endure. Press forward. Keep going. That's the invitation for our church family today. You're here today in person. You're watching online. You're watching on Tuesday. That You are invited to respond to God's word. And do that right now. If you've never believed in Jesus, do not wait. Believe in Jesus right now. There is life in Jesus. There is power in Jesus. And that is is the hope. That's the invitation. If you have believed in Jesus, you can still respond to God's word. Believe in the gospel. Yes, there are doubts. Confess those to him and endure And that's the vision of our church family. Man, endure with us. Press forward with the hope of the gospel that he is working. He has been working. He is working right now and he will keep working. Man, won't you respond to that? Will you pray with me? Will you close your eyes? Will you bow your head? Well, Father in heaven, we thank you so much. My fingers are so cold right now. And yet the, the, the reminder of the, of, the, of the transformation in our seasons, it's a visual reminder that you bring transformation into our lives. That you take cold, hard, dead things and you burst forth spring flowers. Father, I pray that you would be doing that in every one of us, today. No matter where we are as we watch this video, no matter where we are on our spiritual journey, that we would all have our eyes lifted to the never-ending hope that is made available in Jesus. We thank you for that. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.